0: Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and today's episode is a mind key. And in it, I'm going to share one of my favorite tools that I use to sort of up-level my performance. And it's called the Nano-V. It's uh, a device that I keep next to my desk um, that gives me sort of a boost of modulated oxygen that I can... Utilized to sort of stay in the game uh, with greater clarity and greater strength and greater duration as I do my work. And in this episode, I'm actually going to break down the benefits of oxygen and the ability to reduce oxidative stress. And I sit down with a a friend of mine named Rowena Gates, who um, is very knowledgeable in this area. And she sort of helps me break down why I find the device to uh, be so helpful, uh, what's the efficacy, and why is it important to uh, utilize tools like, uh, like the Nano-V, uh, we talk about sauna, we talk about cold showers, a variety of different tools that we can use to sort of upgrade our lives and our performance so with that it's my great pleasure to present today's mind key with the one and only rowena gates okay i'm here with rowena gates uh rowena it's an honor to be with you
1: it's great to see you again it's been a few months and it's always a pleasure
0: it sure is so we met for context uh at the upgrade labs and which was uh you know hosted by dave asprey and, and my friend martin Uh, and basically it's a lot of the so I'm interested in the ancient technologies for optimal health and wellness and I'm interested in the exponential technologies for optimal health and wellness and so I'm always looking for what I call sort of my seal team six like what's the like what's the like way over deliver uh, tech that you can utilize to really you know maintain in this 21st century which where we're obviously besieged by different toxins and 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 different challenges to our ancient physiology, and so I walked around that conference, discovered a few things, did the cryo chamber, did the you know hydrogen, did did a variety of different things that I found compelling. But one of the things that really uh, spoke to me was connecting with you, um, and and really talking about oxidative stress and you know how these kind of different factors, uh, you know, can add up to have consequences on our health. And then obviously you introduced me to the Nano-V, which, which I've now been utilizing uh, daily as part of my morning routine, um, as part of my overall sort of wellness battalion, if you will. And I, I hesitate to use a military analogy, but, but in, this, in the context of like, because I do feel that, that we are besieged by more uh, threats, you know, from the environment in terms of toxicity I like to think about okay, who's got my back, and, and what devices, what what supplements, what technologies, what people in terms of healers can I utilize and can I share with my audience such that they can have you know a really um, the best the best chance at living a healthy long life. So it's an honor to have you, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, sort of your experience, how you got into sort of uh, you know launching the Nano-V and and what it's become, but also why it's so important to look at oxidative stress and what we can do to sort of uh, mitigate against its risks.
1: Great. Well, first of all, I applaud you for your approach of these more profound technologies and especially the ancient wisdom. And and some of those ancient wisdoms have now come in the form of technologies where people have found ways to amp them up and so on. But I think that the heart of that is that you are operating in a very fundamental level. So ancient would be things like nutrition or or things that are very basic to the cell and to the body. And that's also where we come from, which is probably why it resonates with you, that it's not treating just one little area or one specific condition or issue or desire. Um, And then where we come from is addressing oxidative stress damage, which is normal. It's good. It's healthy. If you didn't have that, you'd be dead. So (laughs) Oxidative stress damage comes from oxidation, which you get from metabolizing oxygen, which is breathing. Yes, so That's an ongoing process and it's it's all just part of the natural body's the function So where we come in is we just help the body repair that oxidative stress a little bit better Mm. We do that at a really fundamental level, which we can get into or not. I, I wouldn't go in deep, like you know, some people get right into that <laughs> science. <laughs> I promise. For for context, uh,
0: Rowena's <laughs> partner is a gentleman named Hans, who's an extraordinarily knowledgeable uh, scientist, and I I shared with Rowena I'm I'm super interested in the deep science. But for the benefit of the audience, uh, you know, I'll link up so where people can go deep if they choose to. But we we'll we'll keep we'll keep it accessible so that it can be relevant and resonant for everyone.
1: Okay, so very at a very accessible level, we influence the body at the level of the cellular water. Mm. So it's very fundamental and it's universal throughout the body. Who knows, maybe the whole universe. But but um, the water is the home to. Everything, all the cellular function, including the mitochondria and all of the proteins. And in fact, the proteins rely on the state of that water to fold and then function correctly. And proteins do everything in the body. They do all the movement, repair, everything is done by protein activity. So, by influencing the water, we support that protein activity and then it's the wisdom of the body that takes over. A lot of that is repairing oxidative stress damage because that's an urgent need of the body. But other aspects are also rebalancing the body where it comes back into homeostasis. So you see benefits for um, stress and de-stress, example, where the body will normalize or hormone or endocrine, things like that, that reflect the better balance in the body. And so it's, it's a brilliant machine if you think about holding a relatively constant temperature, having it increase or decrease appropriately, and so on. It's, the body's really um, un, unbelievable in what it does in terms of keeping itself in balance. Mm.
0: I love that you use the word balance. So I don't we've never shared this, uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but I, I lived and studied with a traditional healer, um, an Ayurvedic doctor on uh, the southern coast of Sri Lanka for two years and he articulated to me ostensibly that health was exactly what you said health is balance and it's when we fall out of balance that we that we create the opportunity for dis-ease quote-unquote but he actually defined dis-ease as imbalance
1: it it, it is it is right then you see that with inflammation and autoimmunity it's your you've got a great immune system and it's trying desperately to come back into balance yes so it might go into overdrive in a way that's not productive and then it's chronic inflammation, but your, your immune system is actually working really well. It's just out of bounds.
0: Which is actually the epidemic we're seeing today is this, this uh, pr- proliferation of autoimmune diseases based on the fact that we, we have these sort of ancient uh, suits, bo- meat suits, some call them, in terms of our bodies that have evolved over you know millennia, but yet we're living in a modern era where we have new imp- inputs, if you will, in terms of new types of food sources, many of which have been genetically modified or sprayed with different, uh, you know, pesticides. Mm-hmm. We have you know five G and electromagnetic. We have all these different inputs which are now new, mm-hmm. and so finding ways to bring our body back to balance is is so critical. And what I love about what you're sharing, t- for me at least, as I listen, is it's actually our our body is like the best healer slash machine out there, right? It is the it is the answer if we allow it to, with the tools to sort of be as effective as it can be. And a couple things you mentioned. One, the fact that we're, we're ta- you're talking about cellular water. We are, the planet is, and we are as humans principally water, right? So mm-hmm. that's number one. And secondly, the mitochondria, for those that don't know, the mitochondria are basically the engines in your cells that... Um, power all, all of the effective functioning in your body and so when we take in oxygen right and our mitochondria are working for us there is an exhaust if you were to use the analogy of the engine right and that that exhaust is sort of oxidative stress but as I understand it and, and please Romina, correct me if I'm wrong what, what you're doing with things like the Nano V and, and obviously there's other other you know tools that have efficacy is you're 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 providing uh, the opportunity for, if you will, a cleaner fuel and a less and a, and a faster recovery. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's that's the way. I, that's that's sort of the way that I see it. But I'd love to be corrected if that's not correct.
1: Just a tweak. Yeah, please. I'd I never say you're incorrect. but No, um, it's it's true about faster recovery. Yeah. But we don't actually reduce the exhaust. What we do is we repair the damage of the exhaust faster immediately and if you think about since it's the engine all the oxidation takes place a lot of the damage is going to be in or around the mitochondria yes so it's really important to repair that quickly so the engine works well and then that's a measurable improvement in a person to have the mitochondrial function improve and that's not because we reduced the exhaust it's because we repaired the damage faster
0: Got it. Okay, yeah. I love that. Thank you. That, that's actually yeah. a really important um, clarification. So, so again, keeping with sort of the analogy of, uh, of the engine, as I understand it, so oxidative stress, for those who are listening, may be like if you, if you had a car, like I used to live in Chicago, right, cold, <laughs> lots of salt on the road, and we would get rust. And ru- once rust started to mm-hmm. onset, it would take over and it would totally debilitate the sort of stuck. I mean, one, it didn't look good, but two, structurally, it would it would compromise the integrity. So oxidative stress to me, at least the way that I think about it, often feels like when it gets out of hand, it would be like a rust that would start to compromise um, that that vehicle, if you will. It's So it, is it, it, it my understanding correctly to say that basically you're mitigating against the risk of rust forming in, in a way that like could compromise the integrity uh, by before it can have a chance to onset, right, before that salt and snow and ice and everything basically compromise the integrity, you're actually helping to maintain uh, the systems.
1: Exactly. And I agree completely. Rust is a great analogy because it is oxidation. It's just a metal instead of our our bodies. Yes. And uh, that oxidative stress is the accumulation of free radical damage. And then, um, we mentioned the, the inflammation and autoimmune diseases and chronic illness. And that's an, it's an interesting aspect because it's both a cause and effect of oxidative damage. Mm. Once you're already ill, you, you accumulate more and more oxidative damage. And the oxidative damage also helps you become ill. So you end up in downward spirals in that case. You also end up in upward spirals, which is where we are and where we want to be is always moving up and getting to a better level, more improved level. Yes. And so that's the side we really work on first halting anything that's going in the wrong direction and then improving and let the body improve itself. And, and I would say in agreement with what you said earlier, the only healing that gets done is the body doing the healing. Yeah. There's possible caveat where you get sewn back together or bones get, you know corrected or whatever that. But generally, even then, the body's doing the healing.
0: Yes, I think that's, I think that's a key distinction, and we, we won't get into a you know huge discussion here. of sort of one of, one of the challenges, uh, oper, one of the opportunities I would say of Western medicine is I find it it's, it is oriented a lot towards disease treatment, right? It's, it's not necessarily oftentimes, as oriented in my experience towards towards total wellness optimization and a holistic view of health. If you break your arm, it's great. I'll go to a Western doctor. They're great <laughs> at fixing that broken arm, and there are many ways. And this is not a slight on Western medicine. There are many ways in which it can be very effective. However, in my experience, and generally the system unfortunately is set up that. Um, is set up as such that it's generally treating an aspect of your physiology rather than your total human being. Yes. And, and, and unfortunately, the system is also set up such that, um, you know, there are certain people that profit from disease, and and a lot of companies, pharmaceuticals, etc. that that will profit from tre- treating the mitigation. So. In essence, that isn't to vilify the entire industry, it's just to say that there are systems that are sort of stacked against us. And to your point, as you say spiral, there's a kind of a compound effect. And unfortunately, once you start going down that slippery slope, I feel like it gets slippery, s- more slippery real quick. And it's hard to regain uh, the, this. It's like, it's like investing, investing in, the fi- in finance, right? It actually is, if it's, it, it takes more effort to regain your losses. It, it, is, it is, is where I'm going. So what I love is if you do believe that, as I do, and I, and I believe you do, that we are, you know, these really powerful healing entities in and of ourselves, we want to give ourselves, we want to give... Our, our biology the best chance to thrive so that we don't even get into that place of, of debt, if you will. Exactly. And so as I understand it, uh, this is a profound way to invest in long-term health.
1: It, it, it is, and I agree with that completely. And I just want to add that no matter how far down you are, the the body is capable of repair and recovery in ways that are, are hard for us to imagine to the extent that I think we're more limited by our own minds than what our body's capable of. Mm. So people in a diseased state, it's hard to stay positive and, and hopeful. Uh, however, the body really can come back from tremendous disadvantage.
0: I, I think, I, I'm so glad you said that because, you know as you know, I, I'm personally dealing with family members that are, in, uh, my dad specifically, who's, who's been dealing with dementia. Prior to that, he had cancer and I've witnessed so many of my family members go through these diseases and it's of the most devastating, um, it's, it's just devastating to witness, you know, a loved one in those, in those States. Do, do you have thoughts? Because many people, uh, are list, who are listening, may be encountering their own, you know, disease or challenge in that regard, or have family members that are, um, I don't know if you have overall thoughts around tenets of wellness, but I'd love for you to share. And this doesn't have to be a comprehensive prescription, but like, what do you see? We've talked about a little bit about inflammation. We've talked a little bit about oxidative stress. What do you see as sort of core tenets for you to wellness and well-being?
1: It's I'm fairly simple. Yeah. I would say get the bad stuff out. Mm. Make sure that the good stuff is coming in mm. in appropriate amounts, and then um a. Uh, uh, a significant part of that is um, attitude, uh, spiritual, whatever your own choice might be, but something that keeps you sort of evolving and learning and growing as um, as a person, mm. and that that includes both the intellectual side and also the spiritual side, and I think those things are really imperative for for good overall health. Um, then I would add supporting against the things if you think of emf is one of the bad things i guess that does come in but what you can do to to counteract those things Mm. and and support against them and we're no longer in that idyllic world where if you just do everything right you know you've, you've got a really good chance of living amazing health there's so many things that are outside of our control now that taking whatever measures you can to protect yourself is is really a good idea
0: yeah so oh well i'm i'm on that i'm on that bus for sure um so for those listening i don't know if i've ever actually broken it down but my my personal sort of morning routine involves getting up first thing i do is make my bed uh which is which is maybe not a health routine but uh if you haven't seen general mccandle's speech on if you do one thing start off by doing one thing right and make your bed uh, I believe it's Mcandles, but uh, anyway, I'll Absolutely. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll look into that. But this the, then I meditate, so I do my infrared meditation. Um, so I I meditate in the sauna, um, and I have a zero EMF sauna, which is really powerful. And then what I what I come out and do is I'll do this, which you you just saw earlier, Rowena, is I have an acupressure mat. But I'll I'll then I actually work with my Nano V yeah. next to me. So I'm working on a book right now, which I haven't actually shared with the audience, but. I'll sit with the Nano-V um, right next to me and I will, um, for, for a good portion of the morning, I don't do it, you know, I do 15 minute increments, but every hour or so, uh, for probably the first two or three hours of the day, I'll, I'll do uh, about 15 minutes of the Nano-V. So it's become a big part of my routine and I, you know, as you, as you know, I'm getting more devices to sort of measure the efficacy of various aspects because I'm kind of in that Tim Ferriss sense, really interested in sort of turning myself into a, into a bit of a, a guinea pig. So I talked to the wavy folks, so I met by your booth. <laughs> I've done here at the house a mobile EEG. I'm about to do heavy metal testing. I've done like mitochondrial health tests uh, with a with the, with the really incredible company, um, gut health, brain health. So what's interesting is now I've got a baseline. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, down the road, I'll, I'll remeasure. And it won't be necessarily a scientific study because there's not just one thing that I'm changing. Correct. But uh, anecdotally, my hope is that the, you know, the, to your point earlier of the upward spiral. Yes. That with things like nano with things like the sauna, with things like cold exposure, with a v- variety of these different efficacies, that it will have an exponential effect.
1: Uh-huh. It's interesting. I do something similar, although I don't have that really cool acupuncture. <laughs> but I, um, the sauna and the um, the meditation and so on. And plus, I bet you do this too, the cold shower. Yeah. After the sauna, you're really hot, and then I've gotten so that it doesn't it doesn't make me choke anymore. <laughs> for those who don't know, I live in Seattle, and our our water is pretty cold. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> so. very cold. But that's also, and our friend Jim Quick would also agree that those sort of routines and doing things that aren't necessarily comfortable are, are good for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim, Jim's a great friend. I actually had him on the podcast not long ago. And, you know, he's obviously around cognitive optimization. The other person who talks about it a bit, uh, who we've mentioned before, I also know as a NanoV fan, is Tony Robbins, who I saw... And he ta- He basically talks about his morning routine. Because a lot of people, and I, all, I think about this often too. Because I, I me- mentioned this. I, I'm from the Midwest, and you know, I live obviously in California. But I'm not naive to the fact that, like, you know, a mom in Kansas may not be in the bubble of wellness that we're exposed to, okay. uh, a la Upgrade Labs. And what i like about the way tony describes it is he's like you know if you see meditation as some you know if you're a spiritual person and you even though meditation is not inherently rooted in any one form of religious practice it's, it's 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 synonymous with all you know prayer whatever you want to call it um he calls it priming he's like just start your day by priming yourself to be set up well and I think those principles have profound efficacy. And I have also, like you, and I'm glad you mentioned that, also included um, cold exposure and cold showers. I'm I'm not yet. But some of my friends, Aaron, Alexander, a variety of other folks, Luke Story, who, who we're both going to see tomorrow, have these awesome freezers that they have, <laughs> <laughs> that they that they have next to their saunas. I'm not yet to that phase, but I do. What I do is I'll do hot yoga. So I go to Moto here, and I do I when I'm in town, I'm do, going to yoga every day. and after hot yoga that's when I take my three minute cold shower and by the way, after a hot yoga, a cold shower feels amazing. Uh,
1: maybe I should start a hot <laughs> yoga. I knew it. Yeah,
0: it is. Uh, I mean, a cold shower is, uh, is, 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 is rock star if you do it first thing in the morning as you just wake up. It will wake you up faster than a cup of coffee. But I feel like for me, having done, like prep, priming my body, because, you know, they say yoga traditionally was actually the way that you primed your mind for meditation. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that so you were at so yoga actually traditionally was getting you into a place where you could go into those sort of deep theta states with with the meditation practice. Um, for me, my yoga practice is now preparing me for my cold plunge meditation <laughs> in the shower, uh, which which then when I walk out and this is amazing because I'll do. I used to do my gratitude practice first thing in the morning. I actually now, when I have, I have, I, I basically, you know, I don't know what all the neurochemicals are, but it's like the endorphins. After I walk out of a cold shower and an yeah. hour of hot yoga, I am in gratitude. Just my physio, I literally was thinking about it yesterday. I walk out, it's sunny. I'm just in great gratitude. I see a bird. I'm just in such a state oh, naturally yeah, of yeah. gratitude from that kind of priming that uh, I've seen, yeah, I've just yeah. seen profound results. Well, the,
1: the cold shower automatically kicks in um, a breathing exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: yes, it does.
1: When I started years ago, I was in Maine with a friend who was a medical doctor, and she said, you know, you really should be doing this cold shower. Well, it was November, and we were in Maine, and I uh, I immediately thought that was a bad idea. <laughs> okay.
0: As somebody who went to college in Maine for three years of my life, I could say that that is definitely a strong idea.
1: Whoa, and so, but no, there's these things, and I, uh, things we have to love about that is that that really doesn't cost anything. In fact, it's less expensive than a warm shower. So, yeah. if, you know, those are things that everybody can do at home, and that's really where we want to be. What I'm sort of passionate about is this idea of taking care of yourself, or community health, things that can be done sort of locally, uh, where people of all levels, not just an elite section of the people, can afford to, to really take care of themselves.
0: Yeah, I, I love that you and, brought that up, because I feel like there's, it's one of the conversations that I don't think is happening enough, but I have mm-hmm. seen an occasional article, and I, th- I think about it a fair amount as well, where it's like... The, the health and wellness shouldn't become, you know, they talk about climate change and almost like a climate change apartheid, because those that have means will be able yeah. to dodge the deleterious consequences, which, which frankly, we're all interrelated on. Um, and I, unfortunately, and I hope this doesn't happen, there is a bit of that, I think, in the health and wellness movement. And what I've said, oftentimes, is doesn't matter how many green smoothies you drink, if 10 years from now our environment is such that, you know, you're inhaling, you know, one, we have climate refugees. Two, you're inhaling, you know, incredible levels of, you know, unhealthy particles in the air because Mm -hmm. of all the pollution, etc. Then, you know, you're not going to mitigate against that with your $12 smoothie. And and (laughs) one, and two... Um, you know, how do we get access to, and that's why I applaud, you know, different cities that Atlanta actually just popularized a huge pu- uh, public park to become a food forest, right? We have food yeah. deserts for people, like you said, um, you know, kids who grew up, where I grew up in Chicago, a lot of times, you know, there was a m- great movie by John Singleton, Boys in the Hood, and he was like, you go to the hood, yeah. and on every corner you'll find a liquor store and a gun store. What you won't find is a vegetable uh, garden, right? right? And so, and there's another gentleman by the name of Ron Finley who did a TED Talk that I really love who works here in Los Angeles. And he actually fought to get public unused land turned into yes. food forests.
1: And they've had some really good results. I know in England, there's been a bunch of that where yep. people are just, you know, walking down the greens and picking carrots and so on. It's great. I think we really need um, for, uh, on different levels, and you know, socially, spiritually, um, a kind of reintegration of communities mm. and then once you have people sort of more involved in communities then you have the potential to have a shared infrared sauna a shared cryo if you want a shared Nano device things that many people can use in a day mm. rather than the people that can afford it by their own which is currently the case with the Nano device and so then there are centers that have that that make it available to other people it just would be nice if that was local yeah. and then you have this what I guess you could call a community center but you know almost like the old town square or something where people would literally come together and participate as a community. I love that idea. That's my I would love to see that and that's where we get um, these products all to be at that point extremely affordable because yeah. there's really virtually no ongoing cost so even compared to a pharmaceutical or even a supplement, it becomes very inexpensive then when you have people sharing. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, the sharing economy, we've seen, obviously, its efficacy with things like Uber, with things like Airbnb. I would love to see a radical disruption in terms of ex- making these devices more accessible oh. to the masses, right?
1: I hadn't thought of that, though, where you could have, like, you could have the sauna and I could have the Nano V and another neighbor could have. Yeah,
0: well, i yeah. thought about that a bunch, actually. I've looked at, like, I because i thought about, like, how can you, you know, obviously I love sharing. I have a sauna and a Nano V. I love sharing them with people who come over, I podcast guests, I have friends who come over. Um, But I thought about, like, what would it look like? You know, our friend Martin has the Upgrade Labs, but that's still a pretty high-end context. Mm -hmm. Like, what would it look like to have a community center where it's accessible, free or low-cost for for people, and provide more, even health coaching, health counseling? Because so many people don't even have access to know... In this age of information obviously you have accessibility to all this info but you don't know how to s- frankly s- sort through the signal and the noise because there's so much noise in terms of everyone saying what is healthy and frankly some, some of it just isn't true and so finding what is actually true and also true for you because yes. that's the other thing right it's like that's huge yeah
1: that's huge
0: yeah what's your sense what's your sense of I mean you've been in this industry for for a little while and you've seen kind of trends come and go and I know you know a lot of people try to sell a one size fits all kind of I was talking the other day there was a dinner I was sitting across from Aaron Alexander and and Mark Sisson and we're talking about like you know a lot of people will say you know do this and you'll achieve that result but they'll look at someone like Aaron or Mark both of them have totally different physiologies than say myself right like I don't care how many times I go to Gold's gym, I'm not going to look like Aaron. I'm totally happy with looking like myself, but if you have an expectation that I do this book, and then I'll look like that, and that's your vision of health, you're going to set yourself up for failure.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so individual, and that's uh, the hard thing for people, is to even know what diagnostics to do to figure out what's going on. It's a real challenge for people, uh, and we're getting better and better at it again it can be expensive for people
0: yeah
1: um, and that's actually I, I I hope I don't sound disingenuous but that's one thing I love about what we're doing is that it, it because it's so fundamental it's um, it really is beneficial to anybody yeah and there aren't so many things that are quite like that yes and the other side of that is that it's also complementary to everything else. And that's the part I love. Yeah, I love it that if if you're doing saunas, that's great. You know, you can make these things even better. Cryo, definitely, loads of cryo centers have the NanoV because it makes the whole episode better. Right. Hyperbarics, exercise with oxygen therapy, EWOT, um, lo- loads of them, and they'll just use it to, to create a whole overall outcome that's better for the person, which is... Keith.
0: i love that so let's actually for the benefit of of those listening um so just so you're so the nano v is awesome it's it's basically about a f- i would say about a foot wide it's got this really cool bubbling percolator for 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 water um and you basically there's a tube and you inhale um you inhale uh break it down for us because i'd, I'd actually love to so I, I i use it on a daily basis but you obviously um you know, have a much more intimate understanding. For those who are, who are listening that may not have had an experience yet with the Nano-V, um, that's sort of a, a, a visualization of what it looks like. What's the actual efficacy and experience of working with the Nano-V?
1: So the bubbling water is to create humidity, mm-hmm. and that's what you're inhaling. And what we've done inside the magic of the device is to influence those water droplets in such a way that when they contact your cellular water through the mucous membrane, they influence the the state of that water, and then it gives it a more ordered state, which is what the proteins draw on in order to fold. Mm. So it's actually a transfer of entropy, entropy, but it's an, an energy transfer to support the protein folding. So that's sort of the, f- the first step of it. Then after that, um, first of all, those that impact of that can be measured um, with all kinds of testing in vitro. show So if you damage the proteins, how well do they recover? If you damage them by heat or chemical or radiation, um, the proteins or the DNA, and then seeing how well it recovers with the, with the nano device or a sham device that's turned mm. off inside but still delivers the water droplets.
0: So you've done studies with this? Yes.
1: And the studies are, are quite profound. Mm. And well, What did you find? What were the findings? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because whether the device is used before or after the damage occurs, um, it, it will, for the most part, in not all cases, but for the most part, it will be better than any of the other options or not treating. Mm-hmm. In some kinds of damage, it's better to treat before and the result is better. And in other types of damage, treating after gives you a better result. And so it's, it's interesting because it suggests that even though we help the repair and recovery, setting, setting things up in advance can also either help them recover faster later or not get damaged in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that part can't be measured because proteins are it, it, these are difficult and expensive tests to run this is <laughs> that such a small scale it's hard to imagine you know <laughs> yeah because the cells are so small and then there's thousands of these things in each cell or more maybe
0: <laughs> so what have you found so I'll say just anecdotally um, my experience is after the nano I feel a little bit more clarity i feel a little mm-hmm. bit more energy not energy energy in like i drank a cup of coffee energy mm-hmm. but more like a uh kind of after, like i do feel after a, brief, a breath work or meditation where it's like i feel somehow a little bit more tuned in and turned on mm-hmm. but not in a way where it's like this like yeah like it's not like a spike crash so it's um so for me what i like about it is you know i'll tap a little bit more into the zone and i feel like it it feels like a uh a a clarification and a a slight energizing that's my anecdotal experience Mm -hmm. what have you felt i mean i don't know if you can speak to that but like what what what's been what is your experience and or what having talked to a variety of people that um, have utilized the tech do you find you know? And my hope is obviously on uh, that in accumulation. So I don't do it for like exactly. I don't do I don't do it for like oh just you know I want to like have a state change this morning. My my desire is that over the long term, I'm mitigating against the risk to, to the damage I've done to myself. Um, I'm hope hopefully creating a greater degree per your point of spiraling up my well being mm-hmm. such that. I have a greater reserve against the imbalance, which is dis-ease. And that I'm, uh, if there are free radicals or if there is cellular damage, or if I am doing something like that requires me to go a little bit harder, you know, cause oxidative stress is enhanced But you know, if you're running a marathon or if you're doing, you know, even like, you know, very significant mental expen- you know expe- expenditures, which I will be doing with writing a book, that it'll help me in my recovery process.
1: Well you kind of stole my thunder on the marathon <laughs> and the mental concentration. That is something people overlook. But when you're writing your book, you're doing something equivalent to what Aaron Alexander's doing in the gym. Yeah. You know, you're really pushing yourself and where your oxygen is a massive or your brain is a massive user of oxygen in your system. So, of course, you're going to have free radical damage and that you want to repair really quickly. Mm. You're probably more tuned in than most people to those changes. Some people will notice that, but other people won't. Most people will notice better sleep Mm. and sometimes it's a sense of calm because we tend to exist in a a sympathetic state where we're overstressed Mm -hmm. and so that can be a really important rebalancing. And in order to focus, you So it
0: influences the parasympathetic nervous system. Absolutely, and yeah. that
1: is very easily measured, and there's, there's ongoing studies with that too. Um, but that's a, a really important factor for focus and concentration, and you could think of that as executive decision-making. Mm-hmm. And you, you only have so much capacity for that. So if you, if you use it up, you've, you're drawing into your reserves, and you're less resilient and so on so the idea that you keep on top of it is a really good one so even if you didn't notice a thing it's still a really smart thing to do to keep you in that good condition yes and at that point you look at the study results and the tests, and you say okay that's you know that's enough to understand why this is good for me Mm -hmm. even if I don't get a buzz from it or yeah whatever and it's amazing how many people who are really in good health expect a huge shift. And that's like, no, no, we just, we we want you to stay in good health. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny Um, in our culture now that we expect like some kind of a state change associated with, you know, like, Drinking water is about, about, just about one of the best things you can do for your health, but you don't drink a water and go, a glass of water and go, oh, you know, you know like, yeah. unless, you're, of course, you're parched. Right. But, but, I mean, in general, that's one of the healthiest things you can do for yourself, but it's not like a state change. But now, right. of course, because we've become used to, like, heavily caffeinated beverages or whatever, yes. we almost associate beverages with, like oh, you know, some people look at water as boring, it's like, well, that is, that's the, that's the yeah. cornerstone of any good health.
1: Yeah, and it's like diet. If you shift to a really good diet that suits you, you'll notice that. But if you stay on that diet for years, you don't notice it every day for yeah, years. Yeah, well said, it's, well said. There's this kind of phase that it's noticeable, and then you just have to know that that's a good thing and the right thing to do. And I... I find it funny. I just spoke earlier this week with a doctor who said, well, I've, I've been experimenting on myself. I'm like, no, not really. You know, <laughs> I'm doing research on myself, and it's like, well, you have to control for every other factor, and the only guy I know who's really good at that is Bob Troya, uh-huh. and he amazes me because he really will control for all these other factors and do a routine that's just stunning. He's so impressive, wow. and so that's how he can quantify things because he's eliminated all the variables. Right, but you know, normally the dog gets sick, you know, you're yeah. gonna feel more stress and so on. You don't you don't have that control normally. So I applaud Bob for that. And I, I think it's important that we kinda recognize that at some point you have to let go of that personal sensation. Yes. Now for you though, writing your book and actually Dave Asbury when I first met him years ago now, said that he used the Nanovy late at night to write um, his his Bulletproof diet. No, the f- next one. Uh, oh, headstrong. Headstrong. Yeah, and um, and so he was up late at night, and he'd use it every night for that. And it's like, yeah, he needs a lot of restoration because he still keeps up with the family and the business and everything yeah. else. He's up late and and so on and so. I think you should just turn that thing on <laughs> full time because we want a really good book. Maker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we well, want our best stuff. It's it's,
0: <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. I've I've only waited. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. It's it's been it's been in the making. I actually feel I haven't announced anything yet, but I feel I just went and met with agents out in New York, and I got a good response. So I'm feeling good. However, now the hard part comes, right? Because it's one thing to have a book idea. It's another thing to, if you will, bonnie it and go into a cabin and create uh, something you hope will be of lasting value for people.
1: I disagree. I think it's gonna (laughs) flow.
0: Okay, good, I like that.
1: I think it's been mulling for years, Yeah. and it's just a matter of giving it an outlet. (laughs) I like that, okay. And you just sit there and, yeah. All right, I'll be the vessel, (laughs) I'll be the
0: vessel. I'm aligned to that vision. And
1: I'll expect to see the first couple chapter drafts By the end of July. Oh, I like that. I like
0: that. My (laughs) vision is actually to have the uh, proposal, um, the proposal complete by the end of July. So I've actually been working on it for the last couple weeks, and I'm feeling really good. But uh, now, to submit it to the agents and see where it's at. But long story short, it's going to be a year of um, cognition, focus, flow, Um, and so. Yeah, I'm very grateful to have the tools and the toolbox to sort of keep me, for lack of a term, better term, at my peak, yeah. and, and really, that's why I've been reaching out to the Peak uh-huh. Minds, you know, the people... The people who also have access to the tools the technologies that everyone can use to ideally be at their own peaks exactly
1: so. you're so. going to need that peak mind we're <laughs> yes we're there for you by the way. i appreciate
0: that rowena <laughs> so where, where can people find you if they want to learn more about uh the nano v and about this technology maybe these studies like what's the best way to 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 find you online
1: so the easiest thing to do is eng3corp.com, which is eng 3 corpcom dot yep. com, 3 corpcom and then there's other places that are I think even more interesting and better in a lot of ways. Uh, Luke Stories, done a podcast, Dave Asprey, um, yeah, I've Katie listened to both of them actually,
0: super interesting. I haven't listened Wendy to Wendy
1: Myers. Yet. There's there's quite a lot of podcasts out there, and um, they are they tend to be interesting to people that are just exploring it because the person doing the podcast like you is asking the right questions yeah (laughs) and so um and then at our site there's a how it works page because it is it is a bit of confusion there it's biophysics not biochemistry yeah it's the dawning of the age of Biophysics. (laughs) biochemistry uh, biophysics. <laughs> biophysics here we go biophysics come. but um, and so that there's a 3d animation that really helps with that you might have to watch it a couple times but it it just sort of walks through what's going on which is foreign to almost everybody unless you're involved in water science and proteomics it's something new really yeah. and uh, so well exciting.
0: i've 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 watched uh, the loose story episode watched the dave Asprey episode i haven't seen the katie wells uh, yet but um, Luke's I think is really great in terms of a bit more of a, um, hey, I'm still figuring this out. Dave, if you want to go a little bit deeper into the science, yeah. um, I, I found, uh, I found it helpful, but it was a little bit more specific to a lot of the science. Mm-hmm. So bo- recommend both resources. Um, And uh, I'm a huge fan of the Nano-V. Thank you, Rowena, for for being on the show.
1: Hey, it's a real pleasure, and I'm glad to get to see you again. Yeah, likewise. This won't be the last (laughs) time, so we'll be seeing seeing
0: you soon. And there you have it. Uh, Absolute pleasure talking to my friend Rowena. She breaks down the benefits of the Nano-V. It's one of the tools that I've I've incorporated into my day-to-day life when I'm home and able to work from uh, the home desk, and... It's, uh, it's an incredible tool for reducing oxidative stress. I oftentimes will utilize it when I get back from a long flight and need to sort of help readjust uh, with you know, grounding back into day-to-day life and reducing some of the sort of toxic load and exposure that I've had. Um, like I just came back, for example, from New York City and, you know, when you're flying, obviously you're, you're exposed to both germs as well as radiation and a variety of other things. And I just find it helpful to, to do the things that get me back, the, you know, perspiring, working out, doing the sauna, doing the cold showers, and now the nano become part of my routine. So... If you're interested, I'll I'll link it up in the show notes. Um, I uh, have become a big fan, and uh, I hope you found the episode valuable. And with that, please go out there and live your inspired life.